Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. And it is good to see your faces down here. I have my computer here, so I can actually glance down and look at you and feel like I'm not just talking to that camera the whole time. But I will try to talk to that camera so that it actually looks like I'm looking at you. But this is when I'm actually seeing you. (laughs) So it is good to be together. And uh, we have some beautiful music that hopefully everything's going to come through this morning well from here. For you here in Oregon for the first time in a really long time. Uh, So I'm excited about that. I do want to remind our worship participants and you... I will not be introducing people before they do their parts in worship. Uh, So if they'll just be ready to unmute themselves, and then after they've completed their part, then they'll mute themselves, and, and that's how we'll follow the order of service. It is good to be together, and now may we turn our hearts and minds to the worship of God. And I will tell John he can ring the bell now. John, you're you are muted. Today we gather around God's table from near and far. We are the people of God. Though we differ in language, custom, and tradition. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. For there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. We are one in God's spirit. We are one, and together we remember our Lord Jesus. For we are the people of redemption. He gave himself up for us so we could be reconciled to God. Come, let us worship the God of our salvation. In remembrance of me, eat this bread. In remembrance of me, 
drink this wine in remembrance of me. Pray for the time when God's own will is done. In remembrance of me, heal the sick. In remembrance of me, feed the poor. In remembrance of me, open the door and let your brother in. Let him in. Take it and be. Comforted, drink and remember to that this is my body and precious blood shed for you, shed for you in remembrance of me. Search for truth in remembrance of me. Always love in remembrance of me. Don't look above, but in your heart, look in your heart for God. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Oh God of grace, how should we do your will today? Will it be in acts of praise, in sharing gifts, in eating bread, in prayers lifted? Who will you lead us to serve? Help us trust you. Help us listen. Bless this community as we come together in worship. Encourage us to live in righteous ways Comfort us in our worries and troubles and unite us. Make our joy complete. Amen.
Join with me as we sing the first verses of two popular hymns, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, and Jesus is All the World to Me. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, song thy flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day, without him I would fall. When I am sad of him I go, no other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad, he's my friend. From Exodus 20. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the sea. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a dense distance and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of the the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. So I have about 10 minutes to preach a sermon on the Ten Commandments, which is 
I guess like one minute for each commandment. So let me get my stopwatch out and we can. Now, I don't think that's quite possible to do 10 commandments in 10 minutes. In fact, we probably should do uh, 10 or maybe even 12 weeks if we were going to really do that kind of uh, a sermon series, like to really dig into each commandment to have some kind of a theological beginning, contextual kind of sermon, and then one at the end to wrap it all up. But I'm going to condense all of that into about 10 minutes. You can thank me later for doing that. So here's a short summary, and here would be two things I would want you to take away from that, um, uh, you know, uh, imagine that 12-week sermon series. Take these two things away from it. The Ten Commandments are not arbitrary. And the Ten Commandments are not for everyone. All right, let me just say those again. The Ten Commandments are not arbitrary, and the Ten Commandments are not for everyone. So let me start with what I mean by the Ten Commandments are not for everyone. What I mean is they are not generic commandments given to a generic people which is often how we think of them. Here are just everybody's rules for living, but that's not really what they are. Now, I would agree it would be great if everyone did follow them. Life would be much better if we all did that, but that's not really how it works. The Ten Commandments are given to a particular people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. That's who they're for. They are for the people that God has liberated from slavery. And it's important to remember, God didn't free them from Egypt because they followed these Ten Commandments. That's not the order. The order is really important. God freed them from slavery, liberated them from Egypt, and then God offers these commandments. So it's important to remember that Exodus 19 comes before Exodus 20. And what I mean is, here are the words from Exodus 19, I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. God is the one who acts first. Then the text says, Now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, New Testament scholar David Lewis says it this way, he says, the point is that the relationship that God establishes with the chosen people comes first. That's the primary action here, God establishing that relationship. Then the ethical demands and behavior of the Ten, Commandment, Ten Commandments comes secondary. The order is so important. God reaches out, establishes these people, and frees them, and then offers these commandments. And these commandments, this law, the Decalogue, it's not arbitrary. The commandments have a purpose. And the purpose is to free us in such a way that we can actually love God. Yes, they've been freed from Egyptian slavery, but there are other things from which to be freed. And the implications of the first four commandments are there to free us so that we might love God. 
And then the next six are there to free us so that we might actually love our neighbors. You might say it this way, the Ten Commandments are not about us. They're not there in order to perfect us or, or even to make us better or more spiritual. But the law is given so that we can live in such ways that our neighbors can flourish, that our neighbors might have life. You see, the law helps us to bear, helps us to build a community. Listen, listen to how it says, the text here from Exodus. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. It doesn't just say, well, don't lie. It says, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's spouse. And then in Deuteronomy 5, the other place where we have the Ten Commandments recorded, when it speaks of the Sabbath, it says this, make sure that all of your neighbors, from your sons and your daughters, all the way down to your sheep and your oxen, make sure they all get rest, just like you do. So these freed slaves, they have a list of rules that will help to continue to free them. Now, I don't think that's how we often think about rules. In fact, I think we think the opposite about rules or laws. We think that somehow laws limit our liberty. Or we think somehow that rules kind of bind us up and keep us from being free. That's not the case, though. In fact, these rules give us guidelines and confine some things so that we might truly be free and not really just us, but so that our neighbors would be free. That's why we follow the commandments. We do them out of love for neighbor. And then they do the same in return to you. And yet, sort of this hyper-individualistic, narcissistic way that most people think about liberty in our country, they think about it in a totally different way. That the law binds us, and yet the law is what frees us. We free each other with it. And we don't do it. We don't follow the commandments. We don't follow these things as a way to earn God's love. Which I think is how it was often presented to me. Here's this little arbitrary checklist. You check all of these things off and then God will love you. No, you follow these commandments so that you can love in the same way that God loves. We love because God first loved us. And there's no clearer example of this than the communion table. The table, it's costly. The table costs Jesus his very life. Jesus lives and dies out of love. And that's who God is. God is the one who is literally dying to love us. God is the one who is trying to knit together a people who will reflect God's ways in the world, and that's us. We've been grafted into this community through the grace of Jesus. We've been grafted in, and we are now a part of this particular people that God has chosen so that we might know a different way. 
There are almost two and a half billion Christians in the world. And this morning, many of them will gather around the Lord's table. It's World Communion Sunday. And we gather around this table to remember that God's love has been poured out for us. And we gather around this table to remember that in the same way we are called to love each other, we are called to pour out ourselves for each other. We are to love those inside the church. We are to love those outside the church. We are to love our families and our friends and even our enemies. And I think that's got the whole list, right? Families, friends, enemies, everybody. I don't think there's anybody left. And we are to love in ways that make people ask this question. What's wrong with those people? I mean, what's wrong with them? How, how can they be that forgiving? And how can they be that gracious? How can they be that generous? And our answer will be this. Jesus. That's how. Because that's who he was that's who he is. That's who God is. The one who is dying to love us. And so as we gather at the table, may it remind us that we are loved and that we are forgiven and that we are to love and to forgive. Amen. Now would be a good time to gather the elements, so that you will be able to celebrate with us. We're going to begin this time together at the table by confessing our sins. Because we don't do a really good job of following the commandments. Even when we try to be loving and forgiving people, we don't do a really good job of it. So take a couple of moments. And confess silently now. Let us confess. Amen. Now hear these words of forgiveness from 2 Corinthians. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. You are made new by the grace and mercy of God. Amen. Come to the table of grace. Come to the table of grace. This is God's table. It's not yours or mine. Come to the table of grace. Join with me as we sing, Come to the table of peace. Come to the table of peace. Come to the table of peace. This is God's table. It's not yours or mine. 
Come to the table of peace, love. Come to the table of love. Come to the table of love. This is God's table. It's not yours or mine. Come to the table of love, hope. Come to the table of hope. Come to the table of hope. This is God's table. It's not yours or mine. Come to the table of hope. On the night that our Lord was handed over to suffering and death, he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is given for you. And then in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he poured it out. And he said, this is my blood that is shed for you. And as often as you eat and drink, do so in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Lord, may this bread and this cup remind us that we are loved and forgiven. And may it empower us to love and forgive others. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we will share the elements. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you.
Let us pray together now. O Lord, we are grateful for your gift of forgiveness and love, for your mercy and grace. We are grateful that you have called us to be a part of your people. And we are grateful that even though we often fail miserably, you still love us. And that you don't just love us when we are good, but you love us because we are your children. We are grateful that you have reached out to us in love when we were unable to reach out to you ourselves. Help us to live in those same ways. Help us to be generous people. We pray especially this morning, O oh Lord, for all of those who are sick with this virus. We pray for our president and for his wife and for everyone in the world who is sick and struggling, who has lost loved ones because of this virus. We pray that you might bring it to an end, that you might bring healing. And now I ask you to unmute yourself and offer your own prayer concerns or names. Erica. Bob Kaminsky. Barry Mabry. We entrust these names to you, O Lord, because we know that you are faithful and we know that you are good. So bring healing and hope to the ones we've named, the ones left unnamed, and the ones who are unknown. Bring healing through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who has taught us how to pray. And so if you would unmute yourselves now, and join your voices together so that we might pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and bread of bread. Our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not from evil, but deliver us kingdom and power Ever. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. It has been good to worship with you this morning in this way. I think most of the technology worked, thanks be to God. We are very grateful for that. I'm, I'm grateful for Jacob Weaver. Jacob is running our, our sound and video from here at the church.
grateful for Leslie being here this morning. It was so nice to hear the organ. Hear, oh God, our help in ages past. What a wonderful way to kind of set the context of this day for us. Thank you to Paula for offering a beautiful communion piece and for Jim for singing and to all the rest of you for leading us in worship. And we're early. We're getting out early today. I know this is past 11.30, and that's what we've been doing is stopping at about 11.30, but I preached, and we're still getting out at 11.35. So we're, we're hoping as we go forward to kind of learn better about how to do these, these, these worship services this way, and we're going to shoot to keep it somewhere between 35 and 40 minutes, and that does include the sermon. Uh, I'm excited also about an opportunity that we have this evening. We're going to have Vespers of Worship in the back church parking lot. And all of you who would like to be here for that, we welcome you. you I'll just remind you briefly, you will need to wear a mask at all times while you're here and to wear it correctly. Uh, bring your own chair and be sure to space out, give plenty of room from folks. We've got a big parking lot, so we don't need to get close to anyone. And while I know we want to hug and, and shake hands, it's not wise to do this at, that, at this time, so please don't do that. Um, but I look forward to this uh, Vesper service of prayer at 5. Um, and in, in many ways, just know this is kind of a, a test run. We're going to see how well we can, can do the guidelines together, and I have confidence that we can do them well or we wouldn't be doing the service. So I look forward to that. And uh, again, thank you for worshiping. It was good to gather around the table. And even if we couldn't be around the same table in the same room, we really are at the same table. There is but one table. And Christians from around the globe gathered around it today. And I'm grateful that we could be a part of it. Jeff, could I say a word? Sure. Okay. I'm, Jeff, thanks everybody. All the staff and all the people that participate each week. And I would like to say I appreciate our pastor for his leadership in this time that's unlike any other time. It's uncharted waters. He's been in charge of getting this building completed and keeping us together. And I just hope everybody will just tell them how much they appreciate his work. And Jeff, we, we really do. Excuse me for saying that. You're going to fuss at me, but that's okay. Thank you, Jim. That was $20 well spent to get Jim to say that, wasn't it? I mean, wow. I, no. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. Here's the benediction. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. So feel free to hang around and chat with each other and say hello. We'll see you next time.